Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in New South Wales, Australia. And it was a good day. It was a good Thursday. I have started to lose track of the days, but I'm back on track now. I think that lockdown has a has an end in sight, I think, or it seemingly has so. But um, Man United winning obviously does make the day a little bit better. And I've got a good friend of ours, a good friend of the podcast and Man United Supporters Club here, Antonio. Um, how are you, mate? All good after that? Yeah, a lot, uh, the heart rate's still coming down, but a, a lot better with the win rather than dropping points. So it's a good day. I've just seen here everyone saying good evening. So, Rob, evening. But a lot of people do have the Arsenal and Villarreal trend in terms of Ryan saying Ebony and all. Um, same with George here saying good Ebony and all. Um, Moyes, good to see you, mate. And Josh as well, evening all. Thought it wasn't pretty. It's all about the win for me today. So important after the last few games, and hopefully we can carry on going into the weekend against Everton. So, yeah, it's one of those ones where we, we'll look forward to Everton, whether at the end of this episode or maybe tomorrow. But the, the Everton game is sort of almost key now, obviously going into that international break. If, if you lose that, this Villarreal perform or not, not the performance, but the result against Villarreal means nothing. So we'll get into the importance of the Everton game in a little bit. But we will dissect this game because there is a lot to discuss. You'd think a 2-1 win against Villarreal in the Champions League, you think, okay, standard, move on. But there is a lot to discuss both good and bad, because obviously the dramatic win of, or the dramatic winner of Cristiano Ronaldo and obviously a very good goal by Tellez, which we'll have to get into. I think that's been overlooked. It was a fantastic goal, but also the performance just wasn't there. But we will start on just sort of your reaction to it, because at the end of the day, we've just got a last-minute winner in the Champions League. Ronaldo's first winner in, the, in front of the Stratford End in God knows how long. I don't know when it's our last winner in front of a pack Stratford End in terms of, okay, there's been no fans in there for two years. McTominay scored a last-minute win, or it wasn't even a winner. It was against Manchester City. We were already 1-0 up, so that made it 2-0. I can't think of the last time in front of a packed crowd an injury time winner in front of the Stratford End. So these things don't happen too often. You do have to enjoy it. And why I bring that up is straight after the game, I was celebrating while we won the Champions League. Maybe a bit of an overreaction, but I was celebrating so hard. Turned on the phone, look, looking through Twitter, and it's just, oh, it's not good enough by Solskjaer. He's got to go. No, the tactics weren't good. The performance wasn't there. He's just lucky. I'm just thinking, okay, that is a debate for one day. But I just got so caught up in the emotion. I'm just thinking what you're feeling after the game in terms of differentiating the sort of excitement and ecstasy of the result. But also, okay, you've got to be honest about the performance. How did you sort of balance the two up? Oh, I think my shirt was off before Ronaldo got his shirt off. <laughs> I was running around the house screaming. Um, yeah, pretty much like you said, a goal like that in front of the Stratford end. You've won a game, a big game in the scheme of the Champions League. I almost forgot the 94 minutes that came before it. It was all about that 95th minute when he put the ball in the back of the net. And like we said, we'll get into the performance. But for me, it was, I was buzzing. I'm still buzzing. I was buzzing all day. So you can't yeah. take away from how big of a moment it was. Yeah, no, definitely. Just a few more comments here. A few boys joining late evening to Elliot, good mate of mine. Obviously, Jamie, one of our listeners from Northern Ireland. Hope you're well, mate. Morning, your, your time, obviously. Um, Moise saying, well, dreadful large portion of the game. Got the three points. That's what matters. Um, Ryan here, by far a sloppy and predictable performance. We didn't deserve to win, that's for sure. But a 95th minute winner under the lights is always special. And yeah, we'll get into that in terms of the importance of that as well. And Mad, good to see you, mate. Another Villarreal dig. Good evening. Well, I think, um, um, you know, Emery's covered himself quite well in the last few months. He obviously, you look back at the time of Arsenal and, and he was a bit of a meme. But you look at it now, what he's doing with Villarreal, and you can see how tactically astute he is and how well organised they are. So you have to give him um, a lot of credit for that. But we'll get into United's sort of backyard and the team selection. Obviously, the whole debate, it even worked its way into Solskjaer's press conference in terms of McTominay and Fred and using the two sitting in midfield. And we all thought, okay, must-win game for Solskjaer. He's going to revert back to that. He didn't. He, got, he went with McTominay and Pogba. 
in what was probably more a 4-3-3, I thought, in the first half, um, McTominay sat by himself and Pogba was a little bit more advanced. Whether Pogba was supposed to sit a little bit deeper or was just Pogba's natural game to sort of get, try and get forward, um, only Solskjaer knows the answer to that. But it definitely looked more like a 4-3-3 for me. And we've been calling for any combination except McTominay and Fred. However, if you watch the performance and you see how Villarreal almost cut through us, you're almost thinking there, well, you can understand why Solskjaer goes with those two sitting there. It's, it gives the back four so much more protection, especially a makeshift back four. We obviously had three of them missing. So what was your thoughts, obviously, when you saw the team line up and you didn't see McFred, but then also how the midfield unfolded and sort of the deficiencies, or not deficiencies, but the issues we had in midfield? Yeah, obviously... Um... In our inbox, I did put the lineup that I wanted yesterday. It was quite close. The only difference is I had a toss-up between Martial and Greenwood, which one was going to start. Um, so when I woke up, I saw the lineup. I mean, it's what we've been calling for. We've wanted to see an actual winner in Sancho play wide, so we do have that width. Um, and for so long, that Matt Fred's been the thing that whenever we've got a loss, that's the thing we attack. That's what Twitter attacks. That's what everyone wants to pin on Ole. So... To see them not in it, I was happy because I wanted to see a different lineup. I wanted to see Pogba and McTominay. But as the game went on, I think we saw why he puts Fred and McTominay there because they work well together. They cover each other well. Um, and I think, like you said, we got torn apart in that midfield, especially the first half. And as much as we take blame and put it on Fred, usually he's the one that probably claims after McTominay. And we saw that with Pogba pushing forward today. Well, I think well, I just made the point in regards to three of the back four were missing as well. So to make shift back four in a big Champions League game, while I was calling for a change, I didn't want to see Fred and McTominay play together. In hindsight, you look how the game panned out. If there's one game you probably needed McTominay and Fred, it was probably this game. It was probably the one you said, okay, needs must. Okay, let's just get a job done. But Solskjaer, I don't know whether he has caved a little bit of pressure or it was a tactical decision. Obviously, I remember the Europa League final. He went McTominay and Pogba as well. He, I think Fred was had a little bit of a knock as well leading into that Europa League final. So I don't know if he's seen something with Villarreal where that's why he's gone McTominay or Pogba or he has caved to a little bit of pressure. But in terms of the tactical, and we'll just get into a few comments just after this point, but in terms of the tactical, not approach, but what do you think, okay, McTominay, different personnel in midfield, but what do you think was the issue behind the poor performance? Okay, okay, personnel is one thing. What do you think was happening? Because time and time again, look, another day Villarreal could have been 4-0 up at half time. Type thing. So what do you think the actual issue sort of faced um, United was? I think the issue obviously was the Pogba and McTominay not being used to each other. They haven't played in the midfield a lot with each other. And there was times where you saw Pogba would push forward and then you'd see McTominay push forward and all of a sudden have to drop. And then Villarreal would just pin that long ball and they run the break. And I'm sure we'll get into it. A lot of blame went to the lot getting beaten one-on-one, but that was because the guy had 20 metres in midfield to run towards the lot. So he's backtracking and there's no midfielder to stop him, no midfielder to slow him down, which is Fred might give away a stupid foul, but that's what he's there for. He slows the player down and the back line wins the ball. Yeah, well, Delo and Tellers, and we'll get into Tellers in a little bit, but Delo, if you're sort of speaking about a weak link, I think Delo probably was the worst performer for United. However, I always bring up this point. I'll tell you who I thought was great on the night. Villarreal. I thought Villarreal were brilliant. And at the end of the day, if you've got a professional football team who play high-level football in Spain and they play well, it's going to be a tough night. Even when United were in their prime under Sir Alex Ferguson, he struggled against Spanish opposition, either home and away. Um, Bill Bell, I remember in the Europa League, absolutely tore us apart. We always struggled against Spanish opposition. So you do have to give credit to Villarreal. And I just may always make the point that I forget the name of the w- w- winger for Villarreal, but every time he skipped past Diego Delo, we're talking, oh, that's bad defending. He should do better there. We're missing Aaron Wan-Bissaka. 
But if that's Marcus Rashford or Jaden Sancho going past their fullback, we're talking what a fantastic bit of skill, what a player we have. We're not talking about the defending. When it's our player, we're looking at the defending, not the skill of the attacker. So I have to give, and Thiago Dela should do better, 100%. But I don't think, I just think you need to give a little bit of credit to Villarreal. I think our main tactical issue, especially going forward, which ultimately may be sort of losing the ball, which stemmed Villarreal a lot of many counterattacks. But my main issue was our fullbacks getting forward in terms of Mason Greenwood. And Larry's made the point before Mason Greenwood, especially on the right-hand side, doesn't give us that width because he cuts inside. So Diego Delo and Alex Tellers are the ones who have to provide that width. However, because they're so hesitant in going forward because of well, not match fit, obviously, but also the how good their wingers were playing, they were hesitant in going forward. So we weren't creating that width, which is then why a lot of our attacks were breaking down. But I think that that was based on their defensive deficiencies or hesitancies um, going the other way. So yeah, tactically, I thought, Villarreal were very good, and um, obviously Solskjaer needs to do a little bit better, but ultimately here has got the job done. But we'll just get into some comments before we talk about some more positives and obviously the goals. That um, Ahmad saying, Ollie can't win with these fans. Um, when we win, he's lucky or, or relied on individuals, and when we lose, he's shoot manager, which yeah, I completely agree, but that is Twitter. Ryan saying, lots of media bit again, talking shite about Lingard being offside for the Ronaldo goal. Actually, we'll get into that. I didn't, I never even thought of the offside. I thought my main discussion around the Lingard one was, was it a pass or was it a bad touch or even a penalty? He could have been fouled there, in my opinion. I never really thought about the offside um, impact on that. Um, and Matt is well saying, did he a man got involved with that too? What does he care so much about United games? Well, you can't talk about Liverpool. You need something to talk about. Mike saying, good evening, mate. Hope you're well. What do you think of Van der Beek throwing his chewing gum away in disgust for not getting a run on the pitch? I can't blame him. Here, we'll quickly ask you on that, Antonio, in terms of, Look, the camera picked it up. I'm sure other things happen on the bench that the camera doesn't pick up and it's not a story for us, but this one has been seen and obviously it is a big talking point. My opinion, yes, he has every right to be blamed, but at the end of the day, Solskjaer put Fred on who got the assist for the goal. I think, yes, it's harsh on Donny van der Beek. Uh, football at the highest level is harsh. Oh, we all do want to see him play. We want to see him. He looks like a good character. We want to see him do well. Just not working for him. So, but your thoughts on the reaction? Good, bad, nothing? Oh, in the end, it's not a good look when it gets caught on camera, but I'm sure there's other players that have spat the dummy, as per se, off camera. Um, unfortunately, it got picked up, but then you look at that moment, there was also a brilliant moment where you saw Donny van der Beek running down the sideline to celebrate with his team. So as much as he argued, spat the dummy, whatever he did, he's still there for the team and he's still fighting for that spot. So it was good to see. Yeah, no, definitely agree there. Moyes saying, need a younger version of Matic. McTominay is good, in my opinion, but often goes on goes hiding when receiving the ball from defence. And I think you clearly see the difference when Matic comes on to pick that ball up off the back four. I think at times we also, when Matic came on, I don't think we reverted to a back three. But going forward, I think we pretty much did. I, th- I think he dropped in and allowed Varane Lindorf to go a little bit wider and DeLow and Tellers and ultimately Fred uh, got a little bit more licence to go forward. So, yeah, McTominay, I love McTominay. Not by himself as a six. It can do it, one-off job, feel free. But going forward, his job is that number eight, getting forward into the box, I think. Yeah, if we had a Nemanja Matic five years ago, I'd be calling us an invincible team. We'll go on and win the league by 20-odd points, but that is not going to happen. Um, George, good evening, mate. Although McTominay was below par, I was over the moon to see Fred not start. Matic showed why we need a six that can play 90 minutes. He was incredible when he came on, did more than Scott, which we just pretty much both referred to there. Um, just a few more comments here. A good one from Adam. Fred, the best left back we have. He has come on a few times at left back. It's not a one-off. So it's obviously not Solskjaer. I don't see him as a left back. But in the current situation, I think Tellers might have been injured. Not injured, but maybe a little bit sort of not unfit, but feeling it a little bit. So look, I'm not saying starting at left back, but if you want to keep him involved and keep him happy, if you're thinking that from Solskjaer's point of view, 
Um, Izzy, if, if, if Shaw's going to be out for a little bit, could you see Fred actually lining up there for any sort of consistent stage or it's just the substitution if need be? Uh, I think it's just going to be if he doesn't start in the midfield, if Tellers can't last the 90 minutes and he'll come on as a substitution. Um, yeah, Tellers, like we said, he wasn't match fit, but I think once he does get fit, he can do a job there. Yeah, no, definitely. Just one or two more before we move on to um, to it to tell us that main man. I was obviously, but Ryan saying can't blame Donny at all, but we shouldn't get drawn into this narrative that Donny replaces Fred. As much as many dislike Fred, he did create a goal in the 15 minutes he was on for. Um, evening, Elliot. Um, evening, guys. De Gea is world class, which we'll definitely get into. I'm sure he'll pop up in the three, two, ones. And Donny looks done, which hard to disagree there. And Mike saying Viva, Viva Ronaldo. What a game, which we completely agree. And just one more comment here from Trev. Uh, for me, Donny should leave. Why should we make United a priority when all he when all he is is to all he is to Wally is an option behind Fred. Donny just doesn't fit the way Ollie wants to play. And that's another discussion for another day in regards to the signing. I think more and more information comes out that might not have been Solskjaer's signing, that he was definitely in for Jack Grealish and Donny van der Beek come in with obviously an eye that they obviously thought Paul Pogba was going to leave. Um COVID had a different idea and obviously Paul Pogba stayed. And so look, it's another another debate for another day. We have one, but we will get on to the positives and Alex Tellers. When we were lining up the free kick, I was thinking, oh, it's a tricky spot here. And I, I was we weren't in the group chat. I don't really chat during the game, but I was thinking, I'll put this in the group chat. I was thinking the only ball here is to lob it to Alex Tellers for a volley. I was thinking there's there's no real option unless you're just going to whip it in. But it's right. It's a right foot of Bruno Fernandez. So I was going to swing out. And I thought he's got no real option to swing this ball in. I said the only option I can see is him to give Tellers a volley on the edge of the box. And I'm thinking, no, he's not going to give the backup. He's not going to give the reserve left back a volley when we're one 0 down in the Champions League. He's going to be a little bit more serious. And no, he's not going to play that ball. Two seconds later, he floats the ball to Alex Tellers, and what a strike! And fair play to him. Like you can have a discussion if you want about his performance. That is a huge goal. Not only his first goal for United, but a good goal or a very good goal, but a hell of an important goal. Yeah, I mean, I agree. When I saw that free kick given, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, it's a bit closer than a corner. And when was the last time we scored from a corner? Um, so I was thinking, please don't whip this in. I mean, the tellers didn't come through my mind. I thought it was going to get played short and somehow end back up at the hair and start again. But I mean, hey, it was good vision by Bruno. He caught the Villarreal players off guard. And like we said, it was a brilliant strike and it was a massive goal in the scheme of not just the game, but the group. Well, tell us, I'm sure his name will pop up in the three, two, ones at the end. But you didn't only have that if about three or four minutes before, oh no, so three or four minutes before the Ronaldo goal, who was involved in almost that goal mouth clearance and scramble, which he ended up getting the last ditch block in. So, what do you make of his performance? Because obviously, we did get not exposed, well, yeah, we did get exposed at fullback, um, whether that be their doing or sort of a, a wider picture. What do you think of his actual performance? Because it wasn't a great performance, but ultimately, he's got the job done. I mean, it wasn't an overall great performance, but in saying that, like, we look at the positives. We didn't concede in that first half where most of our problems did come from. Um, like I said, I think more of the issue was that right-back position, not the left-back position. But I think he did okay when, when he was caught upon in major situations. He was there and he got the goal. So, I mean, there's not much more he can do than what we, we can't expect him to win every single tackle, every single game. He's going to get beaten. So I think he did his job and he did his job well. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Michael here saying, noticed our centre-backs pumping more long balls over the top. Ollie adding wrinkles um, to our game. And I just think that one, there was a lot of long balls. And I don't know the reasoning behind that, whether it was a tactical thing or the back four weren't quite comfortable with each other and sort of panicking and trying to hit Ronaldo um, sort of a little bit more directly. But it was a weird one because Villarreal, they pressed so well that they pressed in little packs and here and there. 
and they were dropping off at times and had 11 men behind the ball. But then other times they were pressing us right up. So I think, you, do you think there was anything behind that long ball sort of tactic by Solskjaer? Or do you think the back forward just sort of playing off the cuff a little and just, shit, we're in trouble here, let's go a little bit longer? Yeah, I think they were struggling a little bit, obviously, with the pressure they had. They just wanted to get rid of that ball, get it up the other end. We're no longer under pressure. But I think one of the um, fans wrote the comment before and he mentioned about McTominay hiding from the ball. So they were looking up. They didn't have that yeah. midfielder where Fred drops up to pick it off. So they're like, all right, we'll pump it long where we can't get blamed if we lose the ball upfield. Yeah, no, that's definitely a point. When you don't have that ideal number six, whether you're Michael Carrick or Nemanja Matic or Thiago from um, Liverpool, Chelsea, you have Jorginho, you don't have that player who's comfortable to go and get that ball off that back four. A defender doesn't want to be playing that ball in the midfield to someone who doesn't want it. If you can't play that ball in, well, you've got another option. It has to go long. And that long, it's not kick and chase. Sometimes safety first, you don't want to lose the ball on your right in front of the goal. You'd rather lose the ball 60 metres up the field than you've got everyone behind the ball. So this is an interesting one. Now, there are a lot of comments. I apologise for not getting... Actually, just want one little comment here um, from Adam. Um, I really enjoyed Bruno being captain. He'd like to say... You, you, just your quick thoughts on Bruno as captain because I've made my thoughts clear. I don't... It's a one-off game, 100%. Don't mind you going captain. But a lot of people have the debate, uh, should he be sort of replacing Harry Maguire? In my opinion, absolutely not. I just think as a player, I think... If Bruno Fernandes has a go at me for misplacing a pass, I'm then going to go to Bruno Fernandes and say, hang on, you've misplaced your last 15 passes. Don't tell me what to do. So I just think that I'll let him lead in his own way. I think he's a brilliant leader. But I think giving him the armband, I just think would cause a little, ruffle a few feathers. But ultimately, I think he's a great leader. But um, just your thoughts on the um, captaincy at the moment? Yeah, I, f- I think Maguire is the captain for me. You look at it, he um, especially obviously for England as well and for us, he leads from the back. Um, he's always there to obviously pick people up. Yes, he makes a bad pass. He makes a mistake. But you look at someone like Bruno, and like you said, he's a great leader. We're not doubting that, but I don't think he can lead a whole team. He can lead a front line. Um, He can spark people up, but to take in charge of the team, like you said, he makes too many bad passes when he's trying to go for the amazing. He whines way too much at the refs. You don't want a captain that's going to then whine and the rest of the team thinks it's okay to argue with the referee. And ultimately... You don't want someone who we saw when he was coaching on the sideline undermining the manager. Whether we agree with him or not, you don't want a captain that's going to do that. Yeah, no, well, it's definitely a debate for another day. And um, well, Harry Maguire seems to be out for a few weeks, so it'll be interesting um, when they come back from the international break, how that turns out. But if you are enjoying the video, again, thank you for all the comments in there. There are a lot in there today, so we truly appreciate that. If you are watching live, please do leave a like on the video and make sure you subscribe. But we will go into the main man who we haven't really discussed today, but he has stolen the show, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. I'll, I'll let you have the first bit in terms of you can discuss his performance because there's a case with Diego Delo. Um, he's probably one of the worst on the pitch. I, I thought Ronaldo was quite poor, whether that be through his own doing the way we're, or the way we're playing, I'm not quite sure. But when the ball came to him, I, I didn't see much from Ronaldo. And that's not to criticise him. How can you criticise him? But... I'm sure, and get your thoughts in the comments, I'm sure every single person, I was included, about, I don't know, 55, 60 minutes and thinking, he should take Ronaldo off here, put, put Cavani on for Ronaldo. That's probably, so, okay, you can understand if the one chance falls to Ronaldo, he's going to take it. But if we take him off and have Cavani, well, maybe we'll create four chances and maybe I've got an opportunity to score two goals there. But ultimately, it's why you can't take him off because you know that one chance is like a, it's like a magnet when the ball's in the box, it just gravitates towards him and, Solskjaer is completely right in not taking him off because ultimately he scored a 95th minute winner and justified to keeping him on. But there's no hiding from the fact his performance maybe did style for United a little. 
Yeah, I mean, if you were to say take away that 95th minute goal, I think, like you said, he was one of the worst on field with the lot. Um, they probably would have rivaled each other to see who the worst player on the field was. Um, I feel like with Ronaldo, it's a lot of just trying to pump the ball into the box and try and find him. And let's be honest, sometimes he's out left, sometimes he's out right. He's in the middle, but he had a very poor game. But you leave him on, he has that one chance, that one shot on target, and he buries it. And hey, that's what a striker's there for. And that's what someone like Ronaldo's there for. If there's that one moment, that's who I want it to fall to. Well, that's a, that's the thing. We'll get into moments just in a, in just in a sec. But I've just seen it written down here. I'll just run to it. 178 appearances. He equaled Ike Casillas' record last week or the last Champions League game. So this week, obviously, surpassed that. So he's now the record um, appearance holder in the Champions League, 178 appearances. But 136 goals, who he, now he also obviously holds a record for that. So every appearance he makes now is going to be a record, and every goal he scores is going to break his own record. And I just think we're going to get into moments now and discussing that. And I just think you have to enjoy that. Like, this, think of so many, how many millions and billions of football fans are there around the world? We're in a very select few who get to witness every week the greatest player, potentially the greatest player of all time, if not the greatest player of the Champions League, the best competition in the world. People watch Sunday pub football every week. We're, getting, we're witnessing history and sort of pure greatness. And I just think, okay, the performance wasn't there. You can question the manager. You can question the tactics 100%. You can question the future going forward. But ultimately, what's in front of us, you have to enjoy. When that goal went in, as you said, your shirt was off. Maybe not in the same fashion of Ronaldo's shirt. I've been looking at his abs all day. I'm straight as an arrow. But my God, he's unbelievable. But you look at the that moment, you just can't you can't replace that. And you have to enjoy it. You can have the questions, you can have the concerns. But in that moment, you have to enjoy it because ultimately, we're in a very select few who get to enjoy it. And we mustn't sort of forget that, I don't think. Yeah, well, obviously, you're talking about enjoying the moment. It's something I've always said. We've had a few bad performances, but come the end of the season, is anyone going to go remember that game against Villarreal? In the end, you're going to remember that 95th minute goal Ronaldo scored, not the whole game. You're going to remember Rashford, for example, if he scores a goal, Bruno scoring a goal. Like, you're not going to remember, oh, we, we only just beat Villarreal. You're going to remember well, on, those on the moments because the stick that gets used to beat Oli at the moment is Moments FC. And it's big. It's all around Twitter. It's all around YouTube. They're really sticking. No, he's not the manager. He's just relying on moments. And you could definitely make an ironic case, say, well, every goal is a moment. Every goal, Kevin De Bruyne rolls it in the corner after a fantastic bit of play. Well, it's a moment. However, these are sort of the stickies, these individual moments. So great players, Bruno Fernandez sticking in the top corner from 30 yards, etc. But you look at it and Lionel Messi yesterday, or the other day scoring against Manchester City. Manchester City were dominating, playing well. Messi... Fantastic goal. Brilliant play, obviously, teed up well by Kylian Mbappe. That's not a moment? That's not, Or is that Pochettino? Is that a managerial masterclass? Or is that a moment by Messi? Pochettino didn't receive any flack at all for Moments FC then. But Solskjaer has his main man provide a moment. Not even a great moment. It wasn't like Lionel Messi. Um, but it was just just your thoughts on that sort of trend. And it sort of I tie it into a little bit in the Oli Up Brigade in terms of these Twitter trends that sort of take off and people use... As something to pile on, but just your thoughts on can you rely on moments? In my opinion, if you can rely on moments, fantastic. That's what football is about. I can understand the concerns and frustrations where you want an approach, you want a tactical style sort of thing. But at the end of the day, um, football is about moments. Yeah, and I mean, like I, like you said, there's other teams where players will score unbelievable goals and they'll talk about oh, how amazing it was, but it won't come down to moments FC. One of our biggest moments in our history is that Solskjaer goal, uh, that's a moment. So why are we comparing that to any different to what we're doing now? Like, 
yeah, yeah we're, we're not playing good football now, but we're getting results. And we've had a few losses, but the results at the end of the day is what matters. Yeah, no, definitely. Just a comment here before we move in, we'll get in the three, two, ones um, in a sec. Again, apologies, not getting there's so many comments. Don't want to sort of miss too many out, but just sort of a mad, um, brilliant comment here in re- regards to Ronaldo's shirt coming off. I saw the roadmap out of COVID on his back. <laughs> and I've seen that photo, the shoulders on him, unbelievable. But Adam agree here saying goals, goals, no matter how they come. And Ryan as well, that messy goal was unreal. Spare a thought for Pep uh, when that sails in, could have been a City player. And I think that's why so many United fans were tuned into that City PSG game because it almost had to, we're almost, we are against PSG this year because they've got the messy debate. We're now on the Ronaldo side of the debate, which we always have been, but now we sort of have a horse in that race. So they're going toe to toe in terms of who's going to sort of be the Champions League greatest player of all time, et cetera. So there is always that little bit of tension. So we were tuned into that and it was a fantastic to see Man City lose, but. Ultimately, Messi is off the mark in Paris, so fair play to him. But Ronaldo's beaten him at the moment. Uh, Ronaldo's scored a lot more goals than him. Um, just before we move on to three, two, ones, um, George saying, in my opinion, moments can you win your cup, but not the league these days. Well-oiled machines like Man City. I'm not sure if there's a pun in there, but probably is knowing George. Uh, well-oiled machines like City or the 1920 Liverpool are what wins your leagues. And look, I completely agree. You do need it's. You can't rely on them, but I'm not going to cry over them when they happen. If you can't enjoy them, United's not for you. Okay, you can have the questions and concerns, but you have to enjoy them when they come along. That 95th minute win, as I said, I scrolled through Twitter and it's all about Solskjaer and Oli. And I'm thinking, it was, it was an unbelievable moment for me. I don't know how people are talking about something else. Before we get into the 3 2 1, just last comment here from Elliot. It's about team goals, the likes of Liverpool and City, individual brilliance, not good team play. And look, Solskjaer will have to improve. There's no doubt he does need to improve there, but. I don't want to say time will tell because he's had a little bit of time in the job now. But again, I'm not going to get too worked up over it. But we'll get on to three, two, ones. And I think it's pretty straightforward. Maybe you can sort of alter the directions. But as a guest, I'll give you the floor, especially for the three points. Now, my three points is quite easy. And we I don't think we've really discussed him today. That might give it a hint to who I'm thinking. But I'll throw it to you for three points. Uh, no one. Can't go past David the Hare. Here's the three points for me for today. I, I think that's the thing. But we've forgotten. We've got, okay, the Teller's goal or Solskjaer's approach. Now, Ronaldo's winner. That first half, that was 2016, David De Gea. Yeah, 100%. He was unbelievable. Um, and it's not just been today. It's been a couple of weeks. And I saw a few comments on Twitter. If we kept more clean sheets, De Gea would get a lot more attention. But the issue is we're conceding. So it's getting palmed away from the likes of Allison, who keeps a clean sheet, for example. Yeah, no, definitely. Adam Hearson, who's obviously part of the goalkeepers union. The goalkeepers union. I feel for De Gea. That guy was outstanding. Um, Josh saying Fred for that cross. Um, he meant to pass it back to the keeper. I think the Fred cross, which on the Ronaldo goal, was actually quite a good cross by Fred because what happened, in my opinion, what happened, Bruno plays the ball, and I don't want to get off topic in regards to three points, but on Fred, it's very well done because the natural motion to whip that cross, and he would have hit the defender right in front of him. So instead of whipping across him, he almost just floats a side foot pass into Ronaldo. He sort of picks him out and just hits a straight pass rather than curling across him. And it was very well done because if he just crossed it in, Definitely would have hit the defender in front of him. So fair play to Fred. But um, just a few more comments here saying uh, Rob De Gea deserves all six. And look, yeah, at the, another day we could have been four 0 down at halftime to Villarreal, and we're obviously having a very different discussion. And even I would have to um, sort of draw all the negatives out of it. Um, Elliot also saying three for De Gea, an early lead um, for our player of the year, which he definitely is. Tellez for two and Ronaldo for one at the moment. Which there are a few more three two ones which we'll get into. And look, I completely agree. David De Gea for three points. Now, there are a few um, shouts for two and one. I'll throw it to you again in terms of, I think the names will be relatively the same, but who are you leaning towards for the two points? 
Uh, for the two points, I did lead towards Ronaldo for that um, finish. Obviously, when a player has a bad game but still has that mentality to snatch a 95th minute winner, um, yeah, he, he won us the three points in the end. So for me, that's two points. Yeah, no, no doubt for me. And no, and look at the performance. It was Larry sort of toyed with the idea last week of sort of taking points off people for bad performances. And that type of performance was almost rivaling that level. The pitcher does change out when he scores the 95th minute winner and fair play to him. But that's what we, goals win games and moments win games. And you don't know, this might not have an impact next week or the season going forward, or it might have a huge impact. We might go on to have a successful season and this will be the catalyst. And that's down to that Ronaldo goal and Solskjaer not subbing him. And we can, depends how you flip the coin in regards to Solskjaer's decision making there. You could say that's a brave decision by Solskjaer to keep him on, or it's a weak decision saying that he should have done something different and we might have created two or three other chances. But ultimately, Solskjaer has got it right by keeping him on. And fair play to him, fantastic moment. Definitely two points for me. Now, the one point, again, we throw it in the same category, Alex Tellers. Throw in there for the goal, or is anyone else? Um, I did have Tellers down for one point. I think a massive talking point that could rival that was obviously Cavani chasing that ball in the corner when we all thought it was dead, including the cameraman. That point was that was unbelievable. I just watched it about half an hour ago on Twitter. I'm sure everyone's seen it, but go back and scroll through Twitter and find it. I didn't have the measuring tape out, but that looked a 50 or 60 metre sprint when Ronaldo gave up, the defender gave up, and Cavani just put his head down. And not only the effort to go and get it, okay, the effort to go get it, not chase down the lost cause, not give up, that's fantastic, of course. The speed, he was so quick, that ball was going out. It's not just that, it was the actual physical speed of him to go and get it. And at that moment, while our goal did come very late, at that moment when Cavani did that, I felt there was something in it for us. And I was maybe thinking it would fall to Cavani, not Ronaldo, but ultimately that okay, didn't win us the game, but my God, that it, it did give the crowd a lift because sometimes that's what a crowd needs. They need to, we, we can see a player play a pass, okay, but we sometimes we need a player to do something that we would do out there, and that's give our all. And when Cavani comes on, that is the one thing he does give us, which is why fans warm to him so much. He literally does give everything. I thought that moment, very sort of, you're right to bring that up. Um, amazing. Look, why am I saying running and sprinting is an amazing moment? But as football fans, it, it, it simply was. It's more so to fight. He, he obviously he's lost a lot of game time with injury with Ronaldo coming, so to be able to come off the bench and still give that a hundred percent fight. And like you said, it just felt like we might not have won that game, but when he ran down that ball, we weren't losing that game. The fight was there. It sparked the other players up, and I think we dominated the back end of that game based off that effort. Well, that, that's the thing. You've thrown a spanner in the works. I was all aboard Tellers. Okay, 3 2 1 De Gea, Ronaldo, and Tellers. But now you make that point. And I think I'll still lean towards Tellers for the goal. It's his first goal. And obviously, he had that goal line clearance at the end, um, which was a big one. But his performance was, maybe wasn't there overall. But the difference Cavani did make was amazing. So get your comments in. I'll just read a few out. But I'll be leaning towards Tellers. I'll go through a few comments and see his name pops up. But um, it's an interesting shout, Cavani. And yeah, fair play to him. He, he was fantastic. Um, Ryan saying three for De Gea two for Ronaldo and one for my man Fred. Good assist for Fred. Well, at least Fred's getting some positive talk today, um, even f- from some of his big- biggest critics. Um, George give it saying... A <laughs> give, give it a week. week. <laughs> Might not even need a week. Um, three for De Gea, two for Cavani, one for Ronaldo. I-, I can't name someone that works harder than Cavani in world football. Love how he chased down a wayward ball that he had no right to keep in. And I think there is something about... I've mentioned the point, I think why, okay, it didn't work out, but the signing of Radamel Falcao, United fans love that. And I don't want to say... The, oh, they loved him because of it. But there is something, I don't know, something in football about a long-haired South American striker. They absolutely love Carlos Tevez. Falcao, we thought we'll get in that. And Edison Cavani, we've got it. There is something about the, that what they bring to the football pitch that, as fans, okay, we hate Carlos Tevez now, 
but he was a fan favorite. He was almost above Ronaldo and above Rooney when he when Carlos Tevez was there. He was an absolute fan favorite. So um, you can fully understand and respect why everyone sort of does gravitate towards Cavani. He's been absolutely brilliant since he's come in. I think, especially with the challenges he's had, and just look at the challenges he's had in the last couple of weeks. With not that giving up your shirt is a challenge, but for a professional footballer, it might be. Um, you do have to sort of take that into consideration. Michael saying three for De Gea, two for Ronaldo, and one for Tellez. And Mad saying it's Ronaldo. You don't sub him unless he's dead. It would be a brave man to sub Ronaldo. And um, Adam saying Ronaldo gave up on it and he got two points. Well, that's the and. I don't want to criticise Ronaldo. That is when Matic played that ball, I said, oh, that's the wrong pass. I could almost understand Ronaldo not going for it because it was the wrong ball and oh, what's Ronaldo going to do with that? And I think, okay, we can criticise Ronaldo for that, but ultimately I don't want to criticise him. I just want to praise Cavani for what he did, not so much off the back of Ronaldo, but, but he's completely right there. Um, Robert saying Tellez has to get a point for a great strike and a big save at the end. And I think that's, okay, big goal, his first goal for United, but it was a fantastic strike as well. We praise Paul's goals for that. And Paul Scholes probably hit, I don't know, seven or eight of those throughout his career. But um, fantastic by Tellez. Um, uh, sorry, Adam saying here, that massive block at the at the end for Tellez as well. And George saying, unpopular, opi- unpopular opinion, I'd bench Ronaldo for the Everton game and start Cavani. Hard to expect uh, Ronaldo to play 90 minutes twice in four days, which we will just throw to that now. Um, I, th- I think I'll stick Tellez for the one point just for the goal um, because I'm sure Cavani's name will pop up in three, two, ones in future weeks. We'll have an Everton preview tomorrow um, before the um, weekend. So not to touch too much on it, but is there a situation, I don't think you'll drop Ronaldo, but is there a situation where you can see him starting both? And that could be at the expense of Ronaldo. Maybe Cavani does start over him. But how do you think just off the back of that, um, he's potentially thinking towards the weekend? Um, I don't think that he'll bench Ronaldo this weekend, especially with the international break coming up. Um, He might not play the full 90 minutes. He might come off 65, 70 minutes in. Hopefully, the game is done and dusted and we can give Cavani some game time. Uh, but I can't see Ole benching, I guess you could oh, say. I think the issue Ole has, I think you might have, he might have a plan to do that. He might have a plan after 60 minutes, okay, I'll take yeah. him off. However, if the game's nil all or one all, exactly. the evidence is you simply can't take him off. So it's hard. I think it's all good to have a plan, but it's like the old boxing thing. Everyone has a game plan until you get punched in the face. We're going to have a game plan going in there, but you don't know what the score is going to be. So... It's one of those ones I think it's far safer with Ronaldo to maybe start him on the bench if you want to do that and bring him on with half an hour yeah. to go. Um, it is Ronaldo. It well, is Ronaldo. Well, <laughs> I've just seen a comment here from Amad saying Ronaldo trains at the same complex as Ivan Drago um, and a few more. There's actually a bit of banter in the comments, which is good. Um, George is saying doesn't want Ronaldo to get burned out and that's the thing which Adam just replies, he won't. He's a different breed. And look, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. You look at the guy's body. He is a different breed. Like 36 years old, and they, the obviously comparisons were a similar celebration to the Tottenham goal in 2009 where the shirt came off, had a similar throw. And to be fair to him, not that I'm starting the, studying his body, but he almost looks better now at 36 than he did 12 years ago um, when he was at United. So, look, we'll have plenty of Ronaldo team selection discussions um, in future podcasts, and we'll probably be back tomorrow in regards to an Everton preview. I'll discuss Larry and his schedule. He was a little bit tied up with work. But um, good to have Antonio join us. Um, actually, on Antonio, there is he's obviously one of the co-hosts of the Football Tragics, uh, another YouTube channel, sort of a little bit more Premier League based, go through and all the things. So there is a um, link to their channel in the description below. So please go and subscribe to their channel. Some um, good banter and some good discussion, especially after United win. Or maybe stay clear after United loss. But on this week after <laughs> United win, um, feel free to go on. 
and share your opinion. But um, again, thank you everyone for your comments. Very positive, positive after um, a big win like that. Obviously better than the West Ham defeat and everyone sort of having a social in or social out debate. It's much better, which has kind of creeped its way into this, unfortunately. Maybe not this chat, but the current narrative. But ultimately, Man United have and got a big win in the Champions League, an important win. But not only that, we talk about Ronaldo. That's why you've signed him. You signed him, okay, moments, FC, etc. But you've signed him to win games like that when we can't find a way through. You need someone like that to be able to get the job done. And to be able to see it, fantastic. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we all grew up watching Ronaldo score goals and celebrating. And I think now we get to enjoy it for a little bit longer. So enjoy the moment and just let the good times keep rolling. No, pleasure. I'm off to watch the highlights and his shirt come off the next three hours before bed. And then um, hopefully, I'm sure everyone's doing the same. So I'm not, I'm, everyone, I'm obviously in good company, but hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Um, as I said, please make sure you leave a like on the video and go subscribe to Antonio's channel with the Football Tragics. That's in the description below, but make sure you subscribed. Again, thank you all for the kind words and positive feedback in the comments. We truly appreciate it. Um, unlike some of the sort of, some of the other toxic YouTube channels out there, we do appreciate all the support. Um, I've just seen Rob as well saying good show, lads. Um, make sure that he's on live as well tonight. It's a football thing. So make sure you go subscribe to them. And cheers, Adam. Great live chat again. And a couple of beers. So I'm off to have another beer as I watch the Ronaldo highlights. But thank you, everyone, <laughs> again. And um, chat to you uh, tomorrow. Cheers. cheers